Welcome, everybody. Another broadcast of Hollywood Godfather and the creator of the Hollywood Godfather book, my my partner in crime, Pat Picciarelli. Good evening, everybody. Thank you for joining us. Tonight, we have a really interesting story, someone that basically gave me a big break early on in 1990, and we'll get into that, and unfortunately... It seems that, like Pat was just bringing up, so many famous people and celebrities are passing on, and this is really not the kind of material we want to do all the time. But <laughs> it's you know, but, you know, truth be told, you knew these people, yeah, and we, and we can give uh, an insight that that a biased media might not. And not only that, I I, I was privileged today because I got a personal call to go to her funeral tomorrow, which is invitation only, at St. Francis Church right around the corner here on Lexington and 65th. Well, let's tell the listeners who we're talking about. We're talking about Ivana Trump, the first wife of Donald Trump, and the mother of his three grown children. And to me, as I said, I was... At Resorts International in 1990, opening for Don Rickles. And I just thought about it. I'll be at Resorts International on October 8th, this year returning as a headliner for Columbus Day. But that night, I did my half hour, and the guard came back, and he said, Ivana and Donald Trump would like to come back and say hello to you. I see how Popeye wants to say hello to you, too. Because normally, when you're an opening act, everybody in the audience stays to watch the main act, not me. I did my bit, and they came back. And sure enough, there they were. And they offered me to open Trump Marina. And it was my first time. And again, I thought it was a practical joke that maybe Don put them up to or whatever, and they were going to go back. And we talked briefly. They went back to the audience. And sure enough, a guy called Tom Cantone called me on Monday, who was the entertainment director, who happens to be yet. He was on our show. You met him. Tom mm-hmm. Cantone is the entertainment director for, for Mohegan Sun now throughout the world. So I met them then and got the privilege of opening Trump Marina and got to know uh, them. Well, let me ask you a question. I'm sorry to interrupt, but let me ask you a question. What? You know, they were celebrities in, in their own right, then, particularly Donald. And you walk in, you meet them. What did you think? You're a good judge of character. So what did you think? I was overwhelmed, really. I, I, I met Donald a couple of times prior, just because we, you know, between the Friars Club and a lot of social things that I've been doing in New York. But one on one, the guy was really a, a very genuine guy. I felt, uh, I mean, for me, I mean, this is amazing that I'm going to get this opportunity. And to headline, because you know, a lot of people never get past being an opening act. And uh, so Monday when Tom Cantone called me, and uh, again thinking that it was you know a joke, he said, well, they want to hire you. I said, great. I said, uh, he said, uh, what would you like? For I said, well, how many shows? 
He says, well, you'll be doing one Friday night, one Saturday night. That's great. I said, give me 25000 This is 1990. <laughs> he said, okay. I said, um, all right. And now I noticed when I was driving in from JFK, there's a lot of billboards coming down to Atlantic City. He said, I'd like, like at least six of them for the upcoming weeks prior to me coming. He's okay. And I'm saying, wait a minute, this is a joke. What kind of, what, don't you call this a negotiation? Yeah, hello. That's what, that's <laughs> no, what I, I thought he was going to tell me they're going to give me 7500 and this is it. See you later. So then I said, well, I'd like to come in earlier, maybe the beginning of the week, because I was living in L.A. at the time, and I'd like to do some local television, whatever, and you can arrange it, and I'd like to stay at the Plaza Hotel, because they bought that. And he said? Okay. Gee, and I'm okay. Saying, Wait a minute. This guy's going to negotiate. i got to be working for them forever. Yeah, I started asking for more stuff. Yeah, so the interesting thing was we had a beautiful invitation. They did, had it made. And for the high rollers, he had it hand-delivered by the Hanson carriages. In fact, I have one of them. I should have took it over here and put it on camera. I have one of them. It was all gold embossed and, and black suede. And uh, we had 200 high roller invitations. And I gave him a list of some of my guys, and it was a great, you know, engagement. And I, I was there forever. But did you uh, stay in contact with both of them during the years, or more more Ivana? Well, more Ivana, because as time went on, he went and became who he was, and kept buying more hotels. And Ivana, you know, even when they got divorced, finally, when he left and went to Mall of Maple. She lived three blocks from me in here. So I would see her at our local watering holes and restaurants on, you know, Madison and everywhere else. So, and we're very mutual friends, uh, her and I, with the Soloways, Richard and Donna Soloway, and some other people. So we were spending holidays together. You would really think that I knew her. And I, I think what's really unique about it, uh, after Donald, she had three other husbands before she passed. And I, and I went through all my photo albums and everything. I think I'm the only person that had Ivana and her four husbands at all of my shows, <laughs> including she, Feinstein's here in, in New York and everywhere. Did, did, she, did she keep her name or did, or did she take a, a, her new marriage? Oh, that was one of the big things she fought for because Donald didn't want her to keep the name. And she wanted the name and after a long battle. So was it one of these uh, uh, hyphenated things when it came to her marriage? Nevada nope. Trump, then whatever her married name was? Nope, she never took the guys' names off because they weren't as important enough as she said. <laughs> and she said it, but she had a good reason. She said, my children are Trumps, and they'll always know their mother as a Trump. So I think that was, you know. And, and what was the relationship after the divorce between Ivana and, and uh, Donald? Well, Donald had a lot of respect for her business-wise. And my knowledge, he spoke to her at least once a week, every week, no matter yeah, who she was. Part of, she was part of the team. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. He, and he relied on her, 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 you know, her decor and stuff for the different rooms and hotels. And so, uh, you know, it, it, it worked out great for her. And, 
Ivanka and you know and the, and the two boys love being around and and there you go. So that's uh, did her did her attitude change over the years? I'm going somewhere with this because I had uh, some interaction with her, but uh, you know when when she met Donald Trump, Trump was the star. Obviously, he was known all oh, over yeah. New York. Maybe at that time, not so much outside of New York, but you couldn't walk down the street without some uh, building or a roller skating rink named after Donald Trump Airlines. Uh, he owned an airline. Uh, did her attitude toward people change as her fame grew? You know what? I, I, I knew her, like you're saying, I met her the first time, but she had an air about her that most European women have. So I never took it that she, you know, was thinking she was better than anybody. But, you know, she was famous where she came from. And uh, I think it was Austria, wasn't it? Somewhere there. Some, somewhere like that. Or, or would you call would you so would you call us an air of, of of sophistication she would have had with or without Donald? Yeah, I think that was it because she was well bred, different schools, spoke many languages, and uh, even like I mentioned with the, the Soloway down to Soloway, she was well schooled and throughout the Europe. And I was very close to her father, who I knew in Vegas, who was a major major gay guy, Char Charlie Myerson. He was basically Steve Wynn's brains while he was learning the business. Did she, was she involved in any businesses? Usually you get a, a name like that and you capitalize on it. Did she do that? Yeah, she ran the Trump Plaza Hotel. After Trump. Oh, she, I mean, she ran, she helped run Trump even though she was an ex? Yep. Yep. Definitely. Yep. Yeah. Well, she was on the board and uh, she was on the board of a couple of hotels also. Well, so, you know, people were kind of shocked at, at the way her life ended without. Well, I used to say the, the, the last couple of years of her life were uh, what I read in the paper were a bit tragic health-wise. Yeah, I mean, for a young woman, I mean, I call her young. She was 73 when she passed, and I I knew her, you know, 20, 30 years after when I first met her. And um, I don't know whether it was the, the, uh, the other marriages. How do you put... A label on what she's going through. I don't know her emotionally that way. I only saw her socially out. She was, you know, gave me the privilege of going to all my shows. I don't care where I was, Four Seasons, Feinstein's. She was there and it was great for me because everybody recognized her in the room. So I don't so, know. So, you know, I, I was reading that she had, uh, she had a bad hip, which happens as you get older, bone problems particularly with women and, you know, reading into uh, the circumstances surrounding her death. Uh, I understand she had a rather treacherous spiral staircase. Yeah. Yeah. In, the in her, uh, yeah. In, in her apartment. She, it, it was, a, it was a, 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 a three story building basically she lived in. Right. Right. And what is more dramatic is the foyer at the foot of that spiral staircase and then we all know the configuration of a spiral staircase. The inner steps are much more narrower than the, the side steps. So yeah. she came down fast. The unfortunate thing is the lobby was all Italian marble. So if you, oh, man. If you hit that wrong, you know. Yeah, she was found at the bottom of those stairs. So, you know, it, it, it doesn't take Sherlock Holmes to, to figure out. She started at the top and made a fast uh, move to the bottom. Uh, right. Not under her own steam, 
that's a terrible way to go. Yeah, unfortunately. And uh, realizing thing, on your way down that, you know, she, she hits her head on that floor, that you're gone. But, you know, the other thing we, we don't know, and I don't think uh, they have even released yet, because how how traumatized would she be? Later? They released they released the cause of death the next day, which was blunt force trauma. Right. Cause of death, followed by cardiac arrest. But everybody dies of cardiac arrest. Your heart dies. You, you die. Your heart, you, you know, your heart right, stops. Right. But the uh, precipitating cause was blunt force trauma, no foul play, which means she took her head down the stairs. She, she you know, what they wanted to differentiate was. Was she? Did she die at the foot of the stairs, and then she was found, or did she start at the top of the stairs and fall? So they wanted to get that clear, and apparently she fell. Yeah. What so she got she got banged got banged up pretty bad. You know, that's one of the things. As I'm getting older, I, so many older people die of falling yeah. in bathtubs, in bathrooms, staircases. Yeah. I mean, you know, you know, I think that's when you know. Well, the t two ways you you know you're getting old. You keep getting uh, AARP uh, notices in the mail, which, <laughs> which I've been ignoring for the last 26 Me years. Me too. I mean, I got yeah, I mean, uh, you know, that, that's the kiss of death. You sign your name to one of those applications, you're hanging it up. Oh, yeah. And the, and the other one is when you go to a doctor for, you know, your semi-annual physical or what it is, you know, they always ask you, uh, uh, have you fallen since your last visit? And you know that's like a rude awakening. You know, I, I don't fall. Do you fall? I mean, no, thank God, no. Yeah, I mean, you know, I used to fall but, when I was drinking vodka a lot. Well, there you go. <laughs> well, then you had, then you had an there, there was a, there was the reason though too. You know. Yeah, and people started asking me that, and I said, "Oh man, you know, I guess I'm getting old." Yeah. Uh, so, but apparently, like you're saying, falling among uh, older folks is common for a variety of reasons. Yeah. And it it causes a a, a lot of premature death. Yeah, but, I, uh, I remember what's the name? Uh, who was that great dietitian 20, 30 years ago? Um, Atkins. Oh, Atkins, yeah. Yeah. And Atkins, I used to see him all the time on Park Avenue walking. And a year or two later, he died from falling on Fifth Avenue. He fell yeah. backwards and hit his head but, on the curb. And the best of health, but there you go. Apparently, he was following the Atkins diet. Yeah, he was. Yep. Yeah, until he, he, he took the header. Right, you know? right. Uh, so it, is, it is kind of frightening. I mean, uh, but I, my own experience uh, with her wasn't as pleasant as yours. Uh, I, uh, as a private investigator, I had worked for Donald Trump when he bought Eastern Airlines. Uh, this was in the mid-'80s. And uh, Eastern Airlines was sold to Donald Trump, and he immediately renamed it uh, Trump Airlines, which didn't surprise anybody. But uh, Trump Airlines uh, was a uh, strictly a uh, short hop commercial airline. They had three stops, uh, Boston, LaGuardia, and Washington, D.C. And the day he took it over, everybody went on strike. Uh, so with his paranoia, whatever you choose to call it, he figured that everybody was against him. And he hires me to send out teams with video cameras to uh, to the three cities that I just mentioned to video the picketers. And he was going to take that back to his office with his security people. And he was going to uh, determine who were the ringleaders of these 
uh, people who wanted to bring him down. That's what he thought. In reality, uh, prior to the sale, way prior to the sale, Eastern Airlines was in serious financial trouble and they were talking strike. And it was just coincidental that when he bought it, it was time. They went on strike and it had nothing to do with them. So I sent my guys, I sent uh, uh, three teams to the to the uh, aforementioned cities, three people to a team, and we videotaped all day. And so this transportation, a lot of expenses here, and you pay everybody. Anyway, long story short, came to, I don't know what it came to. I'm going to say $8,000, but it could have been more, could have been less. I don't remember. Uh, and uh, in, in, any, in any business, any service business, you usually have a 30-day billing period. You bill and you wait 30 days for the check to come in. So 30 days goes by, I don't get paid. So I'm thinking, well, I'm not going to call on day 30. It's a little gauche. I, you know, I'll wait. I'm very patient. I waited to day 60. <laughs> and I still didn't get paid. So now I'm thinking, I have to call somebody. So uh, I get to somebody in his office and I, and I, I start out like a gentleman. I say, I introduced myself and I said, well, perhaps we crossed in the mail, but I never got paid. And I'm getting a little hemming and horn. And she said, let me connect you to whoever it was in his security department. Because after all, I was working security. So I'll deal with the security people. Mm-hmm. So the person that I dealt with, and I will mention his name, uh, they're all ex-NYPD. So, you know, that's one big brotherhood. Everybody knows everybody, particularly when you get up and rank a little. So uh, he said to me, he said, you know, Mr. Trump doesn't uh, doesn't pay anybody. So I said, what? He said, no, nah, he uh, he's not in the habit of paying his bills. I said, why didn't somebody call me and tell me that before I took the friggin job? Anyway, so now I'm I'm, I'm pissed. And uh, about I don't know how long after that. And I still hadn't gotten paid. Eventually, I got paid. But it was a long time. And I had to make a lot of phone calls. Uh, you know, that time, Trump was involved heavily in construction. So I knew some people in construction and I got paid, but it left, it left a bad taste in my mouth. And a couple of months after that, I get a call from an attorney, a rather big attorney who's recently passed away, but the firm is still there. So I won't mention the name of the firm. And uh, I got a call I said, uh, you know, I had done some work for them. And they said, well, you know, we'd like you to come down and talk about a case. So I always like to be a little bit prepared as any business person would. We're not walking anywhere cold, you know. That said, the business I'm in sometimes requires a little bit of confidentiality. And I figured they don't want to talk about this over the phone. I said, all right, whatever it is. So I go down there, walk into this one particular lawyer's office, and who's sitting there? But Ivana Trump. And, of course, I knew her as soon as I walked in. And she smiled, and the lawyer introduces oh, me. Oh, she has a unique look. In the, oh, and that, very pleasant, very yeah. friendly, and dressed to the nines. I mean, she was... It's like 10 o'clock in the morning and that she was just decked out. She looked very nice. And uh, and I said to the attorney, I said, and I was bow to the attorneys in cases because I figured right away this is going to be a domestic thing. But she's there. And uh, but I was bow to the attorney. I don't want to hear from him, her rather. I want to hear from the attorney. The attorney said, no, let uh, Mrs. Trump explain it to you. So she explains it to me. Now, at the time. They were still married. Everybody thought they were going to stay married. There was no hint of any scandal. But it seems that, uh, and this is all public information that I'm talking about. And they must have been married for a while because they had three children already, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. And there wasn't any hint in, in, in the tabloids 
And I tell you, some of the reporters in uh, in uh, uh, New York have sources everywhere. So if there was any hint of scandal, they would have heard about it first and put it on a gossip page. But there was nothing. So anyway, she said, uh, and I'll paraphrase because it was so many years ago, but uh, she said, the Donald and I, that's what she said, the Donald and I are getting divorced. And there's this woman, only she didn't phrase it that way, that he's fooling around with. She also didn't phrase it that way. And she gave me the name. The name is Marla Maples. And she said, nobody knows about this, but he's been seeing her on the side and he doesn't think I know about it. So what I'd like you to do is is follow him because every Friday uh, he leaves, gets on a helicopter off the roof of the Trump Tower, flies down to Atlantic City and meets the uh, aforementioned bimbo. Uh, and I would like you to get the goods on on them together. Now, I'm thinking this is a tactical nightmare because, one, he's not using regular transportation. He's not taking a, a limo or car or whatever. He's flying. So we have to fly after him. We don't know where he's going. A helicopter doesn't have to uh, file a, 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 a flight plan. So, uh, you know, the cash register's going off in my head. She's explaining all this to me. They, they're, they're, they're in a hotel, then they'll go out, and they have uh, cars with tinted windows, all of this. So I said, well, all right, I'm going to need $50,000 as a retainer. And I'm at that, I'm figuring I'm going to go through this in two weeks. Because you know, I have to have teams everywhere, helicopters, there's got to be a chase copter, there's guys in it. So as soon as I said that, she gets up, doesn't say a word, and leaves. So I'm usually not at a loss for words for anything, you know, but I, I said to the lawyer, I said, well, something I said? I mean, I didn't know what, I was, what happened. So he looks at me and he says, you don't understand. He said, it is an honor. To work for the Trumps. Uh, they don't pay retainers. Your business, meaning my business, will increase exponentially because this is going to hit the papers and you're going to be the biggest PI in uh, New York. This should be an honor. So I said, excuse me, but I've already been honored by the Trumps. I got spiffed for it. <laughs> was, was he being honored by the Trumps also? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did, did he I, get I, I already got honored. And, and, and the, the honor cost me eight grand. Up until that time, I hadn't gotten paid. Uh, I, I, he, that's funny. That, that's a story unto itself. But we're not going to talk about that today. So I said, I'm sorry, but if I don't get that retainer, uh, I'm not going to do it. He said, yes, you got to, he's trying to talk me into it. And he knows, you know, I was reliable. So he said, you know, you could make a lot of money here. We're talking hundreds of thousands of dollars by the time this is done. I said, retainer. He wouldn't give it to me. And uh, <laughs> I left. And I never, he never called me again. And that was the end of my relationship with him. Because obviously, I mean, you, get, you can't swing a dead cat in Manhattan without hitting a PI. I mean, they're all over the place. Yeah. Uh, well, you so, know, we uh, all know the fiasco of Atlantic City. I, I know one, and you know so many stories too. I mean, he was building so many buildings and remodeling so many old buildings that he had crews coming in from Europe. I knew one group that came in and were just doing poor-in-place moldings on the premises. And he would house them in motels, and and they ran up all kinds of bills. And well, uh, I'll tell you what. Let's let's continue with that because there's an ending to the Ivana story. That oh, I'm sorry. Okay. Here. No, no. Uh, let's go to a commercial. We'll oh, come please. Back. We'll be right back.
And we know where you are, so don't go anywhere. Hi, Patrick Picciarelli here. Before we get to our listeners' emails, a quick word about the new fiction book series I've launched. Private investigator Ray Yale tackles his first two cases in Bloodshot Eyes and The Pop Line. Both books are on paperback and are available on Amazon.com. I'm happy to say I'm at Universal Preservation Hall. August 5th, that's August 5th, this August 5th, at 7 o'clock. That's up in Saratoga. And I'm taking the book that Pat wrote, which is a bestseller after three years, called Hollywood Godfather, and I turned it into a one-man show. You're not going to believe this. You're going to see footage you've never seen in your life about Sinatra while he was at the New York Paramount doing six shows a night. You're going to see Marilyn Monroe. You're going to go to the Copa with me and see Frank Sinatra during those times. So it's Universal Preservation Hall. Seating is going real fast. I'd call if I were you. The number is 518-382-3884. That's 518-382-3884. August 5th, 7 o'clock. I want to see you there. And if you don't show up, I'm going to come looking for you. Hey. Hey. All right. We're back. We're back. All right. So anyway, uh, uh, Mrs. Trump... uh, suckered in another PI firm and uh, she winds up stiffing them for over 200 grand. Wow. And, you know, you you know, this wasn't a huge business. Like, you know, there's big detective agencies in this country. Kroll, for one, they're a, they're a, a publicly traded company and they're very good. Now, you know, the, the rest of the rest of the PI firms are small businesses and that must have hurt really bad. Oh, my God. Uh, oh. And then I started doing a little digging like Gianni said, you, t- you started to tell a story, Gianni, before the commercial about uh, uh, people who were helping him. Well, you know what it was? Because New York and, and Philadelphia basically controlled all the construction. So when, when we say New York and Philadelphia, the mob. And I never thought that he would beat mob people. <laughs> like little Nicky and these kind well, of guys. Not as you bring it up. That's how I got paid. I had to make a couple of calls, and they called the next day after these calls were made. I got a check. Yeah, I mean, but that's why I'm saying, because that that was the procedure to get paid. They'd handle it. So a lot of people went out further on a limb. And, you know, one one, um, labor situation supports another. So the the bricklayers are getting paid. The other guy ain't getting paid. The jobs are going to close down. So they made it keep going. Now, did they put money in? I don't know. But at the end, when Trump was starting to fail, he he owed hundreds, hundreds of thousands of dollars to small companies. And like you said, how, I mean, how do you survive? Well, that's how you survive. You don't pay your bills. I mean, the little companies, yeah, he could survive. But his father was so honorable, you know. His father was, was... Connected, and that's why I guess they let him go as far as he did because his father, you know, built Levittown and all that, and he was in bed with the, the mob early on, and I guess he thought their son was going to follow through, but he didn't, unfortunately. Well, when you and I were talking about this show, uh, I told you about uh, uh, Trump Tower. Trump lives in Trump Tower when he's in uh, uh, New York. 
he's got the top couple of floors. And he brought in uh, artisans from Europe, men who uh, were uh, experts in their field, basically glass work and stone work. And if you walk into his apartment, it's like something out of Star Trek. I mean, it is beautiful. Well, I would say Star Trek. I'd say Roman Star Trek, maybe. I there mean, you go. It, it right. is so ornate Pop- and so... Yeah, oh, yeah, and, and the thing is that every piece looks like a collector's piece, and these guys created it. It's amazing. Yeah, these guys came in. They would be in a motel, uh, some Fleabag motel by uh, JFK, right. Queens, uh, every day. They got picked up by bus, brought to the tower. They do their work. And these are craftsmen. They don't, they don't hurry. They don't care about overtime. They want to do their work like they were doing in Europe and Poland. Right. Anyway, the work is done. They go back home. He flies them home. Here's the bill. Well, that was in the mid-80s, and they're still waiting to get paid. Wow. And there's one of them left. I was reading an article uh, in some paper, I think it was the Times, about a year ago, where there's one Polish guy left, because they were kind of old then. You know, well, you know, even if they were in their 50s, we took 40 years later. Wow. Uh, there's one guy left still waiting. What a shame. And there's, there's other stories that I know that I don't want to repeat because there's some famous names involved. We talked about those, too. Yeah. Uh, well, let, let's utilize Ivana because, you know, what she's done. I mean, she raised three great kids. We see them in the news. Donald Jr., Eric, and, and, and the sister has gone way beyond I thought I thought the mother's aspirations, you know, modeling clothing lines and all that, and so I mean it's a and I the respect that Donald paid her. I was actually shocked to be honest with you, because you know, after um, you know his rendezvous with uh, Mala Maple, I, I love his wife right now. I mean, yeah, she's such a classy woman, and they try to you know destroy that because she was a model and she posed nude well go to Europe every not, every model poses nude and they just happen to get the, the, not, the not shots. only that you know if she was married to someone else she'd be fine of course they, you know you, you, you hate Donald Trump I, I'm, I'm obviously I'm no great Donald Trump fan but uh, as a president he did things that that were pretty decent we don't want to get into politics here but put it this way he's a lot tougher than uh, the guy we have in office now, and maybe certain things wouldn't have happened. Uh, he, he didn't take shit from anybody. Uh, the, give him the, that. The good news about Donald Trump, I think, and our audience would agree, not getting political, it's just mere facts. America was in a lot better shape. And the, the one thing that sticks out on me, how this current president, I don't even want to mention his name, immediately <laughs> when he got into Ooh. office, he pulled all the gas lines we would be self-maintained and selling gas to Europe right now, rather than yeah, well, all these people like, suffering at ten dollars a gallon. Like you say, you know, it's hard, it's hard not to get political. But I saw uh, a soundbite on uh, Biden today. He's, he's taking credit for the gas prices going down a couple of cents. He's taking credit for that. Oh, what did he do? <laughs> Hello. Uh, I'm he surprised he's able, able to find his way to a microphone. Anyway, that said, uh, 
what are they doing uh, for uh, Yvonne as far as the services? Do you know what they're doing? But tomorrow, yeah, I, well, I, I know the church. I go, I go to it's my it's in my my parish and hers, and she used to go there, and it's Saint Francis of Ferrara right here, on Lexington. It's, it's invitation invi only, right? Invitation only, and the word is that Donald's going to utilize her, which I think in respect to his three kids, and I'm sure. His wife will show up with him because that's the kind of lady she is. She seems like a classy person. Yeah, and I and I seen them out and other social events where both of them were present and they, you know, were very congenial to each other. So I mean, that's be an event that all our listeners will probably be tuning into if they are into Donald Trump and the Trump family. You know, one thing I've noticed, you know, you were saying you would be on the street and run into them occasionally. The difference between New York and L.A., you see numerous celebrities around walking around Midtown Manhattan going from this place to that place, club shopping, whatever. Nobody ever bothers them. Yeah, well, Nobody, you know what is with it? We're, we're, we're more mature. It's, I, I wouldn't use the word mature. I'd use the word streetwise. Well, no, all right. I mean, you, you know, any New Yorker, I think, has got in the back of their much, but I want to be bothered. If I'm eating lunch or something, somebody coming up to me and asking me for my autograph, it never happens in New York. No. Nope. Go to L.A., and these people can't empty the garbage without paparazzi and people asking for autographs. And I saw I saw a stark difference between New York and L.A. Oh, I did two, three years. I've been around. My God, yeah. Forget about yeah. it. Yeah, Even guys like like Trump, wealthy people. You know, Yoko Ono and uh, uh, John Lennon lived on a block from a place where I used to hang out. And the West Side, Mrs. J. Sacred Cow, a high-end steakhouse and jazz joint. Anyway, they were always in there, very down to earth. Very, nobody ever bothered them. They they would come to you before you would go to them and say, you know, give me your autograph or something. It's, it's just it's just a different, like you're in a different world when it comes to uh, approaching celebrities between here and L.A. I just thought I'd throw that in. It has nothing to do with the topic. Well, I think we all wish, Yvonne, I, I made a a nice statement on Instagram and Facebook for her. And I was overwhelmed Sunday to see the reaction to it because I, I posted that, you know, heaven got another angel and Nirvana, we're going to miss you. And overwhelmed response, people that knew or didn't know her. And I, I felt so good about it that I did it. You know, when they, when they coined the term, when you're talking about a husband and wife, they always refer to the woman is the better half. I think in this case, that was definitely true. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah. Other than that day that I, I saw her in the lawyer's office and she was even classy then, you know, she said, this is not my thing. Let the lawyer handle it. That's right. Let the lawyer talk money. <laughs> that you're not going to collect. <laughs> what are you paying? <laughs> you know? But I was just, I mean, I'm rarely at a loss for words. But I was like, what the, what's going on? <laughs> I had no idea what was going on. But anyway, uh, that said, we've got the extensive uh, emails to uh, talk about. So you want to take another break? And then yeah, we'll let's to go people. to another commercial, make some money. Yeah, and we'll be right back. I'm really excited to announce Pala Casino Spa and Resorts in California. The phone number for reservations is 760-510-5100. I'll be there one night, October 1st, a Saturday night. Come and catch the show. It's an evening you can't refuse. 
And I guarantee you, when you leave, you will be amazed at what you're going to see. Remember, Pollock Casino and Spa Resorts, 760-510-5100, October 1st. Okay, we're back. This segment, Pat and I really look forward to. Not that all the others we don't, but this one. We have our finger on the pulse of what you're thinking because you're letting us know. You're writing the letters, and we want to know. And as you know from the past, we actually have done shows based on your recommendations. So with that, Pat went to get the mailbag. He's dragging it in yeah, right now. Uh, <laughs> before I start that, I want to I want to say something to our uh, our listeners who, you know, this is a trite statement. You know, anybody who has a podcast, or a radio show, or sells ice cream out of a truck, you know, they always say my customers, my listeners, my subscribers are like family. But we consider you guys like family because I said these some of these emails we get, we can't really read all of them. Some of them are of a personal nature. Some of them. Uh, aren't uh, aren't that interesting but you know everybody pours their hearts out you guys are like family to us and i personally this is coming from me uh i recently had the opportunity to uh watch the offer it's a, it's a 10-part series uh-huh. uh that's being streamed currently and i was highly offended it takes a lot to offend me uh at at the treatment gianni russo got in that teleplay it, it it was it was not only untrue and sometimes you know these uh writers producers directors whatever they take literary license they do what they want to do but this went beyond the pale in uh saying bad things about somebody that is definitely untrue and when you lie about somebody uh to the public uh that's called libel uh, or, or slander. If, if, if you write lies, it's libel. If you speak lies, it's slander. So this is a combination of both because they were, you know, reading off a script. What I would like you folks to do, if you've seen the offer, and if you haven't, watch it. And when you uh, get to the, the part that Gianni's in, and he's got a pretty significant, uh, his character has a pretty significant role in, uh, in, in the series, let us know what you think about how Gianni is portrayed and uh, what you think of it, and if it has affected your opinion of him at all. Well, I really uh, appreciate this, Pat. I didn't know you. Were well, doing you know, I, I didn't want to. I didn't want to bring it up to you because, you know, we have a lot of fun in this show, and I, 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 I always uh, tease you that when I, I met you, I forgot what humble was. You know? <laughs> <laughs> but, but you, you know, you're a very good friend of mine, and uh, you helped me a lot. And aside from that, we are good friends, and I didn't want to saddle this with you it shouldn't be coming from you it should be coming from me because i'm not you and i watched this again and you know, like any other people, i didn't even know you watched it because i haven't watched I was, it yet I, well i didn't want to bring it up uh and t- uh, just it just reaches a point where i don't like to see m- my friends being lied about particularly on a world stage and you know you're an you're an active uh, person you're still active you're still entertaining you're still making money you've got businesses this what they said about you can hurt you. 
well, in certain groups. It's hurt I, I don't me already, wanna... and I didn't ever want to bring it up because, you know, I, I am totally blessed and never will forget it for what the Godfather has done for me for 52 years. I mean, I've capitalized on it more so than any actor involved with it and any actor in the business. I mean, I would have no career. So I, me, I, I'm offended because I already, I loved the guy. He, was, he gave me a big shot in life. But I don't know why they thought they needed to ridicule me. But as my lawyer well, said, just be quiet. Don't talk about it. And let's see what exactly. happens. Exactly. Without putting words in people's mouths to say, this is what you have to look for, you guys decide what bothers you and what doesn't. If you look at it and say, hey, looks okay to me, well, that's fine too. Oh, yeah. But it didn't, it, it didn't look okay to me and it didn't look okay to a lot of people because I've been getting calls. So that said, shall we go to the mailbag? Please, the mailbag. Okay. Let me uh, go to the south wing here. Okay. First one. Okay, this is rather long, so I'm going to uh, cherry pick. Okay, John, do you remember, we did a book review a while ago about a guy named uh, Ramondi who, who said he was a made guy. Uh, hold on a second. I have to fix this. Uh, we, we can edit edit some of this, but I got to fix this. You get me dizzy. <laughs> oh, okay, I want to get something. All right. Uh, it's got him. Anthony Romandi wrote a book, and uh, Johnny and I discussed it. This was a what's had to be a year and a half ago, and he uh, he made a lot of claims about the mob, and I, I can't really speak to that because obviously I wasn't in the mob, but he spoke about his time in Vietnam, which to me, if it wasn't all lies, most of it was, and that offended me, just the people who served there, including myself, and I spoke up about it. So that's what this uh, refers to. Okay, uh, this writer, this email uh, writer, his name is Nick, and he said, well, I have not read the book uh, you and Johnny uh, brought him up, and I uh, wondered what you and Johnny might think about him. I first saw Mr. Uh, Ramondi on Vlad TV in an interview and a couple of other uh, ones on YouTube. I consider his stories to be more or less true. I did not hear his Vatican stories, and I've just heard you describe the book to Johnny as basically a pack of lies, which I did. Part of his shtick was talking about picking up money at the Vatican, which I know he never did. I never anyway. bumped into him, let's put it that way. <laughs> yeah, however, uh, I, I, I did hear you uh, butcher the stories he tells about his youth, his connections with the Colombo family, and his experiences in Vietnam, leaving out the vital pieces of his story as he tells it, and as you related the summary of the book to Gianni. I highly recommend you listen to his Amazon miniseries podcast called The Enforcer, where his stories are vetted by an objective narrator that asks skeptical questions throughout the 10 hours or so of material. I suggest this to you because his story uh, of how, how he came to be forced into the army and into the Vietnam War is explained in much more detail. And you being a Vietnam veteran yourself, thank you for your service, should be able to definitively assert whether he's lying or not. Uh, I personally feel he was telling the truth because his stories don't change across the different interviews he told them in. Well, let me, let me stop there. Liars, and I found this uh, after interviewing many, many criminals during my time 
and I've given at least, I say around 10,000 polygraph tests. I know lying. Uh, yeah, if, if somebody tells stories consistently and, and they consistently stay the same, you've got to look at it with a bit of a jaundiced eye. You never tell the same true story the same way twice. Little things change, not the essence of the story. So uh, aside from that, the, the Vietnam stories that uh, he was telling, uh, and I, I read the book a year and a half ago, and I just read your email today. I couldn't speak to, to, to his, you know, what he did there personally. I'll assume he was there, but the information that he was conveying was definitely not true. Some of this stuff was just, it, it looked like a, like a bad movie of the week to me. Uh, like I said, I was there. Anyway, uh, I'll go on. Uh, a person feels telling the truth because the stories don't change across the different venues. And I just say, why? That's not a good thing. Anyway, uh, we're on these podcast series. It's really good. And I honestly think you'll enjoy it. Uh, and uh, no, uh, if for sure, if he's the real deal, I don't believe every single thing he says. Anybody telling their life story wants to want us to be sexier than it really may be. Yeah, but not when you're talking about a war. Uh, anyway, and people die there. You should be as honest as you can. Uh, anyway, he drops too many names, too many specific details. Maybe Johnny may know Anthony as being the son of a syndicate enforcer they called Top. Do you know him? Nope. Okay, I continue. Have Johnny ever heard of Top and you, Patrick, listen to the podcast and find his Vietnam experiences to be full of holes? A veteran will always know if another veteran is telling the truth, and I guess that would be that. Like you said, the publishers have to vet stuff, yada, yada. Uh, anyway, I'll get to the end. Uh, so far, I'm yeah. not impressed with this guy's email. He, he, he asked if he wrote the e if it was too long an email. No, we'll, we'll always we'll always read the emails. But uh, uh, anyway, at, at least your decision to uh, denounce him like some kind of a Klinsky or Sheeran lying type of guy will always be uh, a more informed one. Love the podcast, and I hang with both of you's every word. God okay. bless. This is a New Yorker for you. That's perfect. I love so it. So anyway, I, you know, I just uh, want to say when, when people talk about the war, I can't tell you how many people that I've met over the years that have talked consistently about that war. And uh, I come to find out some of them aren't even there. Wow. I mean, it's I just don't I don't know why people do this. Wasn't there a politician got caught saying he was there and he wasn't? There? Oh, yeah. Uh, in fact, he's still a, he's a United States senator said he was in a war, fought this, fought that. He was never there. And he's still uh, a senator. Yeah, he's still, he's, the, the name will come to me. In fact, I should have looked it up, but it's the first time I'm reading the email. So yeah, he got away with it. A lot of other people got away with it. When there was, there was a Vietnam uh, uh, parade in 1988, uh, welcome veterans back. It was the war ended in 73 for us. But, you know, it, it took me months to decide back and forth whether I was going to march in that parade and I decided not to do it. That's how much thought I gave it. Meanwhile, people that I worked with, I was in the 108 precinct in Long Island City. One guy in particular, it's all the regalia on, the hat, the shirt, the skull and crossbones, everything. He marched, came back, I was on the desk, and I come to find out he wasn't in Vietnam. So you go figure. So for everybody who Maybe was there, was Halloween, you can get, get dressed and put a costume. You know, everybody, on. <laughs> everybody who was there deserves a little bit more respect. Whether you fought the war or you sat behind a, a, a deck somewhere, you contributed to the war effort. And if you weren't there, shame on you. Next, 
Kristen writes, hello there, Gianni and Pat. I love the podcast, really entertaining. The book was fantastic too. Question for you. Uh, do you know, or did you know, Dominic Dunn and his wife, Lenny? No. I knew Dominic okay. Dunn. I knew him. I used to meet him at a bar near the, near the uh, radio station. He was, he was a figure at this bar every day. <laughs> yeah, in fact, he, uh, a very good writer, he, uh, he wound up covering the OJ trial and like his career was rejuvenated. He got interviewed every day after, after the, uh, the course session. Colorful but, guy. Uh, anyway, I didn't know him either. Anyway, saw his documentary after the party recently. I thought you may have crossed paths. Have you heard the documentary after the party? No. I don't know what party he's referring to, but any, anyway, uh, keep the stories and, and, uh, and tales of today and yesterday. Pat, I enjoy your stories very much as well. Warm regards, Kristen. Thank you, Kristen. Very nice. Thank you, Kristen. Thank everybody that writes to us. Okay, here's one from uh, Nick. Starts off, the podcast is the best. Extremely entertaining. Johnny Russo has inspired me in many ways. I salute him and will continue to support everything he does, especially in the culinary arts. Oh, great. I found uh, the last two bottles of uh, Colion uh, Baranara at Arabata Sauce at my local Italian deli. And hello, it's the best tomato sauce I've ever had in my life. Wow, ever, thank you for that. Yeah, if it ever makes uh, makes it to the grocery stores in Southern California, I'll be eating pasta for lunch every single day. In previous podcasts, you said, if given the address, you would mail merchandise. And I was asking for free stuff, and unfortunately, we can't do that. Otherwise, we'd be out of business. thousand <laughs> people. Literally. Literally. Yeah. You know, he's asking for some stuff. And it, I, I appreciate him asking because he, he likes your stuff. And what he's talking about, is, for other people who don't know, is Corleone Fine Italian Brands is a website. And we do everything now with direct-to-consumer because during COVID, like so many other products, it was just too costly to stay in the supermarkets and nobody walking in. But I really appreciate the compliment. It's all San Maranzano tomatoes, olive oil. It's the best quality. Fresh stuff. Yeah. All yeah, stuff. That's, that's what counts. Yeah. Fresh. Anyway, he's looking for any food, wine, vodka, books, clothes, autographs, pictures, DVDs, Godfather memorabilia. How about a couple uh, ex-wives? You want a couple ex-wives and kids? I'll give you another Yeah, the, uh, yeah the, the, the alimony payments come with that. Uh, uh, anyway, you know, we're, we're sorry we can't do that, but uh, thank you. Like Johnny says, thank you so much. Anyway, he goes on to say whatever... Uh, that, that's was, an interesting one. I'll tell yeah. You, of anything anyway, else. he talks about uh, uh, Godfather Three and what you thought of it. Well, let's not get into that. I mean, I think okay, we, we, we gave him too much one. attention already, Nick. <laughs> even, even though he does want to say Andy Garcia, Joe Montaigne, and Al Pacino were all great. There you go. Uh, so you're in his you opinion. Think, why do you think it's so disliked? Who? Why do you think that the picture is so universally disliked? I, I, I never saw it, so I'm gonna watch I ain't gonna watch something that already told me that's terrible. I never watched three. You never saw three ever? Never. Wow. Well you're not missing much. That's what I was told. I got better things to do with my time. Okay. Here's something that an obvious case of mistaken identity, but I will go through this. This is from uh Nick. Again? Nice the email address. Question on uh Patrick. Sammy the Bull has a story on his podcast that he, where he describes an incident between Alley Boy Persico and a police officer in a bar fight wherein the officer's gun was taken off him and he was handcuffed to a toilet. 
Gravano says he took a picture of the officer and they both agreed to let it go. The heading of the video says, uh, can I keep the gun? Quoting Ali Boy's question to Gravano after letting the officer go. Now he says, was this you, me? Because yeah, I don't know if you uh, people heard, uh, I related a, a similar story to this. No, this was not me. No, yeah, I was going to say, you didn't, he, he I, called I, I, you. I fought to get in a fight to lose my gun. I lost my gun in the bathroom after using the facilities. And I left it there because I was, uh, I, I had too many drinks. I was bombed. And I went home without my gun. And in the, uh, any police department, you lose your gun, you got a big problem. By the time I walked in the house, my phone was ringing and it was the bar. It was called the Beef East. Third Avenue, wise guy, cop, hangout, judges hung out there. And it wasn't Alley Boy, it was somebody else. And they said, uh, uh, I, 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 are you missing something? And right away, I, I went for my hip and I hit it with my elbow. And there's, there's a holster there without a gun in it. I left it in the bathroom. So I had to drive all the way back there and I <laughs> made it back in the time. And when I walked in, Alley Boy's there spinning the gun like a like a gun toy. Uh, by the, uh, uh, you know, by the finger guard. He's just twirling it. He had a laugh. He handed me back my gun. I bought him a drink. He bought me one. Not that I needed. But I tell you truthfully, by that time, I was sobered up. Yeah, and, those, uh, those, those kind of things show up right away. <laughs> yeah. You know, but so, uh, Nick, to answer your question, no, that wasn't me. And I don't know why this 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 cop uh, uh, got, the, uh, got the pleasure of being handcuffed. So there's got to be more to that story. Yeah. Okay, here's here's an interesting question. Guess who this one is from? Nick. There you go. Same guy. Are you kidding? Uh, no. No, same email address. Uh, He's right. Why we keep answering his nick? Let somebody else hey, have some question. time. Hey, it wasn't. He's got a couple of good ones here. Uh, okay. Anyway, this one confuses me. Do you have any stories about PD seventeen? Who? PD-17. Who's PD-17? I don't know. I know PD-18, but I don't know PD-17. <laughs> no. no, I don't I, No, he didn't. He, he, he doesn't elaborate. So to answer your question, I'll speak for myself. I don't know who you're talking about. How about yourself, Johnny? No nope. idea, right? No idea. Nope. Now we have a question from? A drum roll, please. Not from the same guy. I'm not, yeah. I'll, no, yeah. I, I don't even want yeah. to answer it. Oh, hold, hold, hold. This this. <laughs> This, this, is a little, this is a little bit interesting. Did you know Hanks Sanicola? No. How well, then again, the rest of the question means nothing. How close was he to Frank Sinatra? Do you ever visit Puccini's in Beverly Hills? I mean, I didn't want to. I, I, why would I honor this guy with all? It's like he's doing an interview on us, on our own show. We're giving yeah, he, him too much pay. time. Forget him. Yeah. About him. yeah. Seriously. Yeah. Move on, you, you, can't, you know, Johnny has a sad card. You know, you can't interview. You, know, you got to pay him. Send him a check. Okay, here, here's a question from Steph. All right. Not Nick. There you go. Thank you. Okay. I Johnny, don't know this guy paid you instead of him. You paying him. <laughs> hey, got to do something. I just lost my teaching job. Man. So, Nick, <laughs> a couple questions and send a check. All right. There's, uh, Steph wants to know, Johnny, can I get a signed book? Thanks. She's from the U.K. We have a system for that, so explain it. Yeah, then. all you do is send me a self-addressed envelope, you know, and you know I'll send you the book back. It's easy. And the question is, where does she send it? You don't want to give your home address away. No. I tell you what, send it to. 
Hollywood Godfather podcast has a book request. Well, no, it's got, well, we don't have an address up there, so she can send it to my PO box, which is okay. PO box four four three. Monessen, M-O-N-E-S-S-E-N. That's in Pennsylvania, in the good old USA. One five zero six two. I will make sure Gianni gets the book and he will sign it and send it. Include a self-addressed stamped envelope for the book to return. Yeah, return, yeah. But he, yeah, he signs a lot of books, and uh, you know we go broke. Okay. <laughs> uh, we got another question from Steph. Hi, Gianni. When are you next in Europe? Do you have any shows planned? Not right now, no, no. I'm doing a 17-city tour in the United States, right up to, right up to New Year's Eve, actually. So, but okay. I'll let you know. You'll hear it on this show. Believe me. Uh, last question, and uh, this is going to be a a learning experience for the guy who wrote this. This is from a guy by the name of Matthew. You don't want to mention last names, but you don't know who you are. All this guy sent us was one, two, three, four attachments. No text. I have no idea what they are, and I'm not opening them up. Hello. Thank you. Okay, so, yeah, so it's something we haven't mentioned this in the past, but don't send us any attachments because we're not going to open them. And, of course, we're not the only people who don't open attachments from strangers, you know, so we've got to be very careful about what, what we download on company computers here. So while we appreciate the effort, uh, they all have your name at the end of them, so it's probably articles involving you, but I don't want to take the chance. All right, please. So, uh, anyway, that is it. Well, another great show. I hope you were all entertained, and uh, I think it was nice that we honored Ivana. She was a great lady, and may she rest in peace. Stay safe out there, and we'll see you next week. Pat? Have a good night, everybody. Bye-bye. Love you. Bye. Woo! If you're feeling sad and lonely, there's a service I could render. I'm the one who loves you only. I could be so warm, so tender. Call me. Don't be afraid. You can call me. Maybe it's late, but just call me. Tell Thank me you for I'll tuning in to the Hollywood Godfather podcast. You can contact Gianni Russo, Patrick Picciarelli, or myself, Megan Horan, with your questions and comments through the contact section of our website, hollywoodgodfatherpodcast.com, which is where you can also subscribe to our weekly newsletter. You can also call and leave us a message at 646-776-3038. Remember to follow us on Instagram at Hollywood Godfather and on Facebook, as well as leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. We'd like to know what you like about what we're doing, what you'd like to hear in the future, and anything else you might suggest to improve our podcast. Most importantly, hit the subscribe button. We'll be back next week with stories of the mob and Hollywood, as well as answers to your messages. Don't be afraid, you can call me. Maybe it's late, but just call me. Tell me and I'll be around. I'll be around.